Listener Production. US stocks storm higher as long and short-term interest rates fall. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Thursday ahead of results from Levisa and Qantas. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Thursday the 24th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a muscular performance it was from US markets overnight. We saw the Dow Jones up by 184 points or 0.5%. The S&P 500 gained 1.1% and the NASDAQ shot the lights out. It was up by 215 points or 1.6%. I suppose what's surprising is the extent to which interest rate markets have moderated last night. So bond yields fell precipitously, I would say. A 10-year government bond in the US down by 14 basis points, a two-year treasury note down by seven basis points. And that is what fueled particularly the tech side of things with that NASDAQ rising by 1.6%. We did see the US 10-year Treasury yield climb by almost 40 basis points this month. And that was really on the back of the fact that investors have openly accepted the Fed's mantra that rates would be higher for longer and the US economy would be incredibly resilient. But last night, we saw some economic data to the contrary. At the same time, Ryan, what, you know what stuck out to me? So you had new home sales in the US in July, up by 4.4%. So that is a 17-month high. Interestingly enough, over the course of the last week, you have had 30-year fixed-rate mortgages rise by 0.15 of a percent, 15 basis points to the highest levels since December 2000. So, you know, that mantra around the economy dealing with higher interest rates um, holds a fair bit of water when you look at the statistic like that. The reason why we did see that scenario is that US mortgage applications for home purchases tumbled to an almost three-decade low, and new home sales hit the highest in over a year, as you mentioned, Tom, as a surge in mortgage rates kept inventory on the resale market extremely limited. So That's really important to understand, is that is what is driving US home prices to a large extent, the lack of supply. If you look more broadly at what's been happening as well, we've seen higher market interest rates on the back of higher borrowing costs generally. We've seen a tightening in financial conditions. Maybe that'll be discussed at Jackson Hole over the course of the next couple of days in Wyoming. And one of the other things that stood out last night was that job growth in the year through March will probably be revised down by about 306,000 jobs. So on the whole, we did see some weaker economic data. And of course, the main focus overnight was the purchasing manager surveys, as they're called. So around the world each month, we have S&P Global going out and they survey tens of thousands of business owners across the manufacturing and services sector. And in that survey, they'll ask them a variety of questions regarding their intentions to hire, their new orders. So it's it's effectively a business confidence and conditions type survey managed or cobbled into, into one. It's seen as a leading indicator of business activity, particularly in the factory and services sector. And the services sector broadly around the world is the largest component of the economy. So what we saw last night in the United States was the global manufacturing or the S&P Global Manufacturing Purchasing Manager Index fall from 49 in July to 47 in August. So we're seeing a continued contraction in activity in the manufacturing sector in the United States into August. And then what we did see was the services PMI eased to 51 in August from 52.3 in July. That's the lowest level since February. So what we're seeing is a stalling of activity in the US economy. And investor hopes that global central banks are near the peak in the monetary tightening cycles did propel those US share markets higher. As far as the 
sectors were concerned in the US. Uh, energy and mining stocks underperformed, uh, unsurprisingly, with those PMI readings. But then the decline where interest rates are concerned, unsurprisingly, again, technology, real estate-related stocks, and financials uh, were able to do uh, quite well. So financials stand out there, particularly because they have had a couple of challenging sessions in recent days. Yes, and all eyes, of course, were on NVIDIA's result. It hasn't come out yet. We're waiting for it because we want to provide you with an update. It's going to be huge. And we did see shares of the chipmaker up by 3.2% ahead of its quarterly results due after the closing bell. Intel shares are up over 3% as well. That was a strong boost to the Dow Jones. We saw Netflix shares lift 3.5% after broken open higher, reiterated the streaming giant's outperform rating. There's also some activity for US drug makers. Merck rose by 3.8%, also a strong performer in the Dow Jones after Swiss rival Roche inadvertently published positive lung cancer drug trial data, and that sent those shares up as well. So quite a strong performance all round overnight, Tom, on the US share market, but there were some laggards there, Nike and Foot Locker. What we have seen in recent days has been more on the weaker side in relation to expectations and what we're seeing out of consumer-related shares. Well, we have seen a bit of a mixed backdrop as we discussed yesterday when it comes to those consumer-facing stocks and Nike fell for a tenth straight day overnight, its longest slide on record, losing 2.7%. And we also saw shares of Foot Locker down by a whopping 28% after reporting shrinking sales and lowering its forecast for the second time this year. The stock was broadly on track to have its worst day on record. Let's quickly switch our focus to what we saw in Europe because it very much mimicked the performance of Wall Street. The stocks higher, interest rates lower, uh, the broader measure of European stock performance up by around 0.4 of a percent. The French market just in positive territory, the German market up by almost 0.2 of a percent, the UK market up by around 0.7 of a percent. And again, uh, weaker manufacturing figures contributed to a very substantial decline across the board with few exceptions where European interest rate markets were concerned. In the case of a German Bund, uh, a 10-year Bund down 12 basis points, a two-year down 13 basis points. Again, for people who aren't familiar with interest rate markets, that's a very substantial move lower where bond yields are concerned. When that happens, we talk about bond yields rallying. That's long-term interest rates falling, a reflection of moderating activity at the very least. What we are continuing to see is enormous pressure in Europe, particularly in the manufacturing sector at the moment. The services sector is also starting to shrink too. So we did see the services PMI sink to 48.3 points. It's the first time it's been below the break-even mark this year. So it was a case of bad news being good news, though, for share markets in Europe, Tom. And we saw bond proxies such as real estate and utilities leading gains up up to 2.1%. And... Really, investors hope now that the region's central bank will pause its rate hike campaign. And NVIDIA's earnings are out. Tell Here me are the numbers. These are big figures. We've seen chip designer NVIDIA forecast third quarter revenue above Wall Street targets on Wednesday, boosted by soaring demand for its chips that power nearly all the world's major AI apps. The company forecast third quarter revenue of about $16 billion, plus or minus 2%. Analysts polled by Refinitiv on average were expecting $12.61 billion. And the share price is currently up by just over 6%. So it has reported a 
88% jump in revenue. That's topped estimates. It's been driven by demand for AI chips, unsurprisingly. The extraordinary thing there is that the bar was very high for NVIDIA. Um, That stock has rallied hard, and to see it up 6% in after-hours trade is quite telling. That will be quite positive for the overall atmosphere where technology stocks in in particular are concerned, just to highlight the very obvious. Well, certainly the next leg up in US shares and broadly global share markets was really on the back of this result tonight. The results shoot the lights out again. Indeed. So let's reflect on the fortunes of the uh, local market because that is quite important. Uh, Having been under the pump over the course of uh, August, we have seen the local share market do a reasonable job of consolidating over the course of the last couple of sessions. So that's important. This area around 7,000 for the ASX 200 appears to be developing as something of a lower bound. Uh, we've got the futures up by a quarter of a percent this morning. The ASX 200 was up by around 0.4 of a percent yesterday. It was an extraordinarily busy day as far as earnings were concerned. With all of the noise, what stood out to me, Ryan, that the signal around consolidation was helped, I suppose, by the performance of the big miners and the big banks. So anything is not going to happen without their participation one way or the other. We saw very solid gains for BHP, Rio and Fortescue, all up in the order of two to as much as two and a half percent. The broker responses to BHP's numbers were, I suppose, uh, on the more positive side of the ledger under the circumstances. That was quite important. Bank stocks also did well across the board. Westpac, for example, uh, up by around 1.2%. So just in terms of trying to understand where the index is, uh, where its frailties lie, this is shaping up reasonably well under the circumstances. It is, and there's been support out of China. So one of the weak spots for the Aussie share market, particularly in the mining space, has been the concerns around the Chinese economy. And what we have seen is iron ore prices jump about 12% since last Wednesday. So we have seen iron ore up by 0.7% to 107.47 US dollars a tonne overnight. And my still reported that construction-related steel product sales in China rose to 173,300 tonnes on August the 22nd. And that's up 16% compared to the same day a month earlier. So we are seeing the momentum in the steel industry building in China ahead of the building season for September and October. So that's been a positive and will be supportive of mining shares today. And the gold price also was up 1.1% to 1948.10 US dollars an ounce. So the gold miners today could perform quite well. Of course, energy shares will be under some pressure though. We saw the US all NYMEX price down by 0.9% to 78.89 US dollars a barrel. So the broader picture, as you point out, Ryan, for commodities has been supportive because we have seen a pretty substantial retreat for the US dollar, which has been surging lately. Again, that all turns to that lowering of American interest rates. So we have got the Aussie dollar, which has been troubled um, by that rise in the calm US dollar in recent weeks. It's back to 64.7 US cents, having been you know, in the high 63s at various points over the course of the last couple of weeks. So again, you know, those big rocks in mm. terms of companies that have ticked boxes, uh, the market is a healthier place when you have a company like Woolworths doing well. Uh, the share's up 3.5% yesterday. Yes, I know what you're saying. Coles was down by 7% uh, the day before that. Keep watching that because that's a big fall for a stock uh, like Coles. It's a question of whether or not 
it can find its feet, having fallen to its lowest level since the beginning of last year. And today, the flying kangaroo, Qantas, which has experienced a period of unprecedented profitability driven by high demand for seats and limited capacity, coming out of COVID-19, it also announces its results. The carrier is expected to announce record profits with underlying pre-tax profits of around $2.45 billion expected for the fiscal year ended June. Revenue set to arise to a whopping $19.6 billion over the year, Tom. Qantas is swimming in cash amid those record profits. Investors should watch out for the return of its dividend, potentially, or at least an increase in its recent buyback scheme. So look out for that one. And for the kids, global fast fashion jewellery retailer LaVisa reports today, and Citigroup is expecting impact of around $66 million with declining like-for-like sales amid weaker retail foot traffic in Australia and the US. So that's going to be a good barometer of the retail sector, Tom, and we should be very focused on that one today. LaVisa is something of a market darling. So a big day looms for the local share market. Indeed, the conclusion of the week is full of excitement. We look forward to talking about that with you in coming days. Thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.